Roadmen, let's talk about how I fared on the longest climb in the world. Alto de Letras. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. I am in Colombia at the moment and I've podcasted in some strange locations in my short but colourful podcasting career, but this has to rank up there as the very strangest, oddest place I've ever podcast from. If you could see me now, I'm kind of hunkered down on my knees with the podcasting mic perched on a log and a cable running across my laptop to record the audio. The room could not be set up worse acoustically with hard surfaces everywhere. There's music playing outside. The fan and the air conditioner are going in the background. But it's all going to add to the experience. I want to talk to you today about how I fared on Alto de Letras. It's the longest climb in the world. And I know some people have come back and given me Strava segments on other climbs like there's another one in Colombia somewhere that's 90 kilometers but I've been reliably informed by the locals that that's not actually a 90 kilometer climb because there's descents in the middle of it so this is actually the longest climb in the world which is straight through just climbing and I want to talk to you all about that today but before I do road men let me just remind you how I keep this podcast show on the road and it's true patreon small independent creators they rely on your support they rely on your sense of goodwill and generosity and decency to fund their pursuits and i'm one of those small independent creators you subscribe to netflix you subscribe to spotify those huge corporations and they don't need your help but the small independent podcasters like myself really really do and it's the difference between us being able to bring the podcast and not so if you'd like to contribute and buy me the price of a pint of beer once a month to say thanks for the efforts thanks for hunking down and ruining the circulation in your ankles while you're trying to bring this podcast from such a bizarre position then way you can do that is head on over to patreon and it's patreon.com forward slash anthony underscore walsh and that's where you can do it from okay roadmen let's dive in and talk about alto de letras it is a epic crazy climb but i suppose before i dig into the actual climb, my preparation from it was less than ideal. I twisted my ankle very badly, and, and you would think that alcohol was involved, but it wasn't. It was actually going out for a ride, and I was in a region in Colombia, which is beautiful, if anyone gets a chance to visit it, called Cartagena. I'm working on my pronunciation as I'm over here. Cartagena. And to beat the heat, we were starting to ride at like 5 a.m., or I was leaving the bedroom at 5 a.m., and on a twisty staircase in the dark, I rolled my ankle, and I rolled it bad enough that I was limping for, whew, I'm going to say, three days since I was limping from, struggling to bear weight on it. So I was tempted to pull the plug and not do Alto de Letras, but it's a long, long way to come and not tick off one of your bucket list climbs, which is literally just around the corner from me. So... I had to suck it up, a few anti-inflammatories, and it didn't give me too much problems until about 60k in. But right, let me talk to you about the climb, let me talk to you about the day. 
so we started out super early rolled out i think at 6 a.m for alto de letras stayed in a town i'm here again tonight called onda uh spelt the same as the bicycle motorcycle manufacturer honda uh, rolled i think about 45 minutes to the next town called marqueta and that was our warm-up and gentle undulating road I think it was like 400 meters of climbing or something then you get into marqueta had a coffee had a coke chilled out a little bit went to start to climb realized i punctured on a tubeless tried to pump it look it wasn't giving me much love i don't like tubeless at the best of times and i just thought you know what this is going to be playing in my mind all day so i sucked it up and i actually changed the tubeless back to clincher which took a little bit of time you know if you've changed tubeless yourself you know you end up getting fucking glue all over your hands and all over your jersey that's quite a miserable just way to start your day but Look, it was the way it had to be, so got rolling, and in hindsight, given my lack of training since I've been traveling and my bad ankle, I probably started to climb a little too hard. Uh, rode the first, so it's broken down, I think I said it in the last preparation podcast there on Tuesday. The climb is really divided by towns, and when I say towns, I'm not talking about towns like Swords or Nice back home. These are small towns. They're like, some of them could be like 10 makeshift dwellings of like, someone has put together like a corrugated steel fencing and piled some bricks behind. And interestingly, I was chatting to our tour guide, uh, Thomas, pronounced Thomas, that I keep doing anyway and ruin it with the Irish pronunciation. Thomas runs uh, Cycling Columbia. I'll link it up, uh, Columbia Cycling, sorry. I'll link it up in the description. It's a great tour company. And he showed me the ropes out here. But I was talking to him about the temporary dwellings on the side of Alto de Letras. And basically they're squatters and they come along and they chance their arm with a bit of corrugated metal. And see if anyone moves them on. And if they don't, they'll add a few sticks and maybe a roof onto it. And as the years go by, they'll start adding a few bricks onto it. And these sort of squatters end up building permanent residence. But they are very rough and ready houses. The people are lovely. And every place I stopped, everyone was just... Language barrier. I speak absolutely zero Spanish, embarrassingly enough. And I don't think I'd come back again until I learn a little bit of the language. So that might be uh, something to consider when I get home. But this, I played the game of international charades. You know that one? Where you don't know how to speak the language. So you just kind of repeat the word louder and more brashly in English. Coca-Cola! And then they seem, they seem to work. It seems to understand... But no, the people are absolutely lovely. And these are people who have absolutely nothing. Like they live on, you know, I think the average wage across Colombia, I could be wrong, but I heard this stat today, is like $200. There's an exceptional gap between the rich and the poor in Colombia. And some of these people are living off like a couple of dollars a day. And when you stop, like they're willing to share with you. They're like sharing these little mini bananas, bocadillas, which are giving you water and you know they're just lovely lovely people in colombia so the climb it's those towns so a town of 20k a town of 40k a town at 60k they call 60k the gates of hell i'll get to that in a second and then the top is at 80k so the first 40k i rode it i rode it easy but I rode it with the guide, uh, Tomas, and another lad from Costa Rica, Henry. Both nice guys, both good bike riders, but both 60 kilo riders. And I'm 80 kilos before Christmas, so in all honesty, I'm probably 82, 83 kilos at the moment. 
and rode it with them didn't have a power meter on it but probably looking at sitting at 300 watts for the first three and a half hours three hours with the lads and it started getting sticky then when i hit about 2500 meters at altitude and i was because it was a training ride it wasn't a race it was a little bit lackadaisical you know i had a big handlebar bag with me with a lock for my bike in it the camera tools bunch of other stuff that i didn't need which probably added another two kilograms onto the bike and didn't fuel brilliantly just because it was a training ride and i was just mucking about going up it but it is a climb even though you're out training it is a climb that actually demands more respect than that because it's hard and you're climbing for i can't remember my my final ride time but it was in around five and a half hours and now i was cruising up and i stopped and took some pictures and things along the way and i recorded a video blog which i will get out on the youtube channel when i get home but you can't go up a climb that long without showing it some respect and i paid for that at about 60k in and they call it the gates of hell because you've already been riding for what four four hours or so all uphill almost no break small couple of downhills but i'm talking short short like a couple of hundred meters and you hit 60k and it's the steepest part of the climb and in here you're hitting pitches of it's not wildly steep but consistent pitches of kind of eight to ten percent and those pitches of eight to ten percent when you've been riding for that long you haven't fueled well it really really bites and i started getting touches of cramp around then and i was at the point where i knew that if i put out the power i was going to cramp because i had that you know that sensation where it just the muscle ties up and it's like calf goes hamstring goes quad goes and i had that for one or two pedal revolutions and i was like i need to ease this back a bit because you, you can't cramp on this climb like you literally would have ended up walking up the side of the hill it's one that you can't freewheel for a little bit to get your breath back and as you get further and further past the gates of hell at that 60k point the altitude just bites and bites and bites like it, it tops out at the very top at over 4,000 meters and if anyone hasn't ridden at that sort of altitude before i'd describe like being at over two and a half thousand meters as like it's like someone has your head in a bathtub and your head's underwater and they're only bringing you up for enough oxygen to keep you alive and then they're sticking your head back in the bathtub again like it's fucking grim at that altitude and for the last six seven k i actually felt a little bit dopey like i was looking at my hands on the handlebars and i was like i can see my hands on the handlebars but i've no connection to them i've no ownership to them it's like they're not mine they're like just i'm looking at a set of hands on tv they're not linked up to if i want to go left these hands won't go left and i was having some proper weird trippy shit with the altitude going on and yeah look it's such a long climb you go through absolute roller coaster of emotions like i rode the first 40k with the two lads and then the last 40k on my own and it's a lot of alone time and you're going through just bizarre headspaces everything from reflecting on kind of the poverty that you're cycling through and i don't want to label it poverty because you know it's poverty compared to western terms it's more of a simple life uh, you're going past huts and dwellings they're very very different to what i'm used to back in ireland and you're thinking about those and then your thoughts are drifting to the pain and then it's drifting to you know 
just family situations that you probably wouldn't ponder on a day-to-day basis because you don't have that time and that headspace and yeah it gives you a lot of a lot of alone time a lot of me time a lot of thinking time and you know, I, I know you say you don't need to go to Colombia and ride up a 81 kilometer climb to get some headspace, but I'm just kind of reporting on what what I felt and the thoughts and emotions I had going up it. And getting to the top, I was, yeah, I, I was fucking delighted to be finished, if I'm honest. It was a long, long training ride. Very different buzz to racing. Like a friend asked me today, was it the hardest climb I've ever done? And you know what? No, it wasn't. Like I've I've ridden five k climbs in races or three k climbs in races, like in a break or trying to go solo. And like your lactate's coming out your eyes and you're twisted inside out and you can't breathe, you can't see, and you just you know you got to push on more because if you can't breathe and you can't see, that everyone else is experiencing that pain and that suffering. It's very very different to that. This is like a battle against yourself for the day. And it's a battle of self-control, trying to pace it and not go too hard, not go too deep ever. And it's it's a very different battle. And I know people that ride sportifs consistently, like people that go out and ride the Mallorca 312 and the Hove routes. This is a battle they're well accustomed to, to fighting. But for me, as a racer, I'm literally just used to sitting on the wheel follow the wheel, don't let the wheel go, the pace will drop down at some point in the race, the brake will get easy once it's established, it's a very different rhythm to it, and I really enjoyed it, and it's something I can see myself doing a little bit more of, and definitely punctuating a racing season with, you know, over to the Stelvio to do it, over to, you know, the really iconic climbs like Rockercoba and Girona, which I love, and they're just experiences more than just the bike, and to finish up, because I'm my legs are going pins and needles in this position, and I'm not sure even the quality of this could be acoustically terrible, and you'd be like, Anthony, worst podcast you've ever put out. But look, I wanted to get it out. I didn't want to break or run a podcast. This might even appear as two podcasts on the same day on Friday, because the internet speed here is like two megabytes a second upload speed, which is absolutely catastrophic. But in summary, I'm going to talk more about Colombia probably in coming podcasts, because it's it's a country that's very has a very troubled past and a very colourful past. And I know when I said I was coming out to Colombia, almost every one of my friends and family expressed safety concerns and their opinions were almost entirely formed from watching narcos on Netflix. And safety was a just a concern I heard over and over again. But having spent over a week here at this stage, it's such a beautiful country and not at one point have I ever felt a little bit unsafe? Quite the opposite. Every single person I've met, if, even though I don't speak the language and I'm as they'd refer to a gringo, I've, they've gone out of their way to make me feel at home, safe, welcome. And if you're a cycling fan, like the roads, like I've only scratched the surface and it's a country I'm going to come back to time and time again because it's astonishing scenery, it's astonishing roads, it's breathtaking. So I absolutely cannot wait to fill you in a little bit more on all that. Roadmen, this is my report from Alto de Letras. I'm going to chat to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to my Sunstroke ramblings. Before you go anywhere, 
Our first ever Roadman Summit, it aired back in December. I brought together 30 experts and they shared with me their secrets on how to biohack your physiology, how to melt away body fat and smash your cycling goals, whatever that was. Since airing that back in December, I've just been inundated my Instagram DMs, Twitter direct messages with requests to get access to this material. I had it locked up in the vault, but I've decided to open access to this material for you, the podcast listeners of the Roadman Podcast. So to get access to this, it's a one-time payment of €47 and you're going to have all the interviews, all those secrets forever. You're going to have the videos and the MP3s. In there, I've got interviews with world tour mechanics, nutritionists, sports psychologists, bike fit experts, and some of the legends of the sport like Tyler Hamilton and Pete Stetna. Over 30 hours of content in this members area that I've created for you guys. So if you want to get access to that, the way to do it is to head on over to this URL, www.roadmansummit.com forward slash 2021. I'll give you that again. It's www roadmansummit.com forward slash 2021 that's numerical the link to that is in the bio get it check it out learn it take it in because this is sure to set you on the right path for 2021